Would you join me in your copy of God's Word in the book of Psalms? Psalm 37 is going to be our launching point and our home base throughout our time together this morning in God's Word. Psalm 37. I'll give you plenty of time to turn back there. Welcome. We have been blessed with such a beautiful fall morning outside and there is no better way for us to spend it than together praising the one who has given it to us. No better way to start this new week that is being provided to us than by expressing our thanks to the one who is making it all possible. We're very glad that you are here this morning. Could I encourage you to be here at 5 o'clock p.m. this evening? We are launching into a Sunday evening chair series, Roger and I, where we'll move this podium out of the way and just have two chairs and open Bibles. And we want to explore what the Bible says about Israel, its past and its present and even its future. Surely you don't need me to tell you that that part of the world and the people who live in it are very much on worldwide news. And that presents a lot of questions. What should I think about that? How should I feel about that? How should I be praying about that? There are many all around the world who have theological questions about that. Are, are there signs that we are seeing in what is unfolding in the Middle East? Is this somehow a sign that we are near the end of times? All of those questions we need to think about, not just with the help of news agencies or social media or even our own guesses or, or hypotheses. We need to think about that with open Bibles. And so we're looking forward, Lord willing, on Sunday evenings throughout the month of November to thinking together about Israel's past and present and future. We would very much love to have you join us this evening for the start of that. Psalm 37, an ancient poem written by David, leads us to green pastures this morning. I would really encourage you to zero in with me on verse 3 of Psalm 37 to begin. Verse 3 reads, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. And if you, like me, are, are reading out of the English Standard Version, it concludes, And befriend faithfulness. About a week ago, week and a half ago, I, like many of you, were sitting down reading that near the start of my day. It was our, our daily Bible reading that fell on a Wednesday right in the middle of the week. It was a, a busy day for me. And so, if you are like me, sometimes on particularly busy days, you... You're committed to reading God's Word. Many of you follow along with our, our daily Bible reading schedule. You can see it for this week on the back of this morning's bulletin. I had lots to do, and so I sometimes find myself reading a little too quickly because I have other things to get to, and that is not a good habit. 
But when I ran across the end of verse 3, I thought, huh, befriend faithfulness. I'm, I'm not sure that I had ever really paid that much attention to that phrase. But again, I had things to do, and, and so I kept reading. But for some reason, that phrase just continued to stick with me. What does it mean to... I understand what it means to trust in the Lord and, and do good and, and dwell in the land, but befriend faithfulness. I don't use the word befriend very often. And it just kept hanging with me into the following morning where I had a little less to do. And for some reason, as I, I was opening my Bible to an Old Testament chapter and a New Testament chapter, being Thursday, I took the time, the opportunity to swing back. What does it mean to befriend faithfulness? And then I noticed, maybe like you have, that in, in the English Standard Version of the Bible, there is a, a little footnote marker there. And that drove me to the bottom of the page. And I've been thinking about the bottom of the page ever since. It's made an impression on me, and I hope that it will make an impression on you. If you are reading out of the New King James Version of the Bible or the American Standard of the Bible, you actually have rendered there what is most literal in English what David would have been writing. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. And literally what he says there is feed on faithfulness. Would you think with me about that over the course of the next few minutes? What's it mean to feed on faithfulness? Is it really that important? If I don't, what sort of an impact is it going to have? If I do, what sort of blessing opens up to me? A God-provided blessing. The more that I've thought about that phrase over the course of the last week and a half, really, I think you can boil it down into three really, really, really basic principles. Number one, You've eaten, I've eaten, you, you continue to eat, and, and you will continue to eat as long as, you leave, as long as you live. That's what that word feed really means. Now, despite the barbecue restaurant down the street that advertises itself as a a feed store, I'm guessing most of us, when we think about feed or feeding, a lot of times what we immediately think of is an animal, right? Livestock, cattle, or, or sheep. Most of us probably think of animals when we think of feeding, but that's not what David is talking about, clearly. Clearly. In Psalm 37, 
In fact, if you keep your hand there and go back with me just a few pages before to Psalm 1, the very beginning of Israel's songbook, this is the note really on which it begins. We'll come back to it in just a moment, but notice with me how it starts drawing our attention again to one of these God-provided blessings. Psalm 1 verse 1 begins, blessed is the man and And he tells us about what this blessed man or blessed woman stays away from. We'll swing back in just a few minutes. But he doesn't just tell us what he stays away from. He he tells us what he does. Blessed is the man who, verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he, notice this word, he meditates day and night. You look up the word meditate in an English dictionary and if you, you look at some of the synonyms, you're probably going to run across another word that we don't use very often. Meditate is very similar to ruminate. We're not as familiar, most of us, with ruminate as meditate. If you're a farmer, though, you know what's happening when an animal ruminates. Rumination is what a cow or a a sheep does when she chews the cud. We won't get down too much into the biological weeds other than to remind ourselves of maybe classes gone by where we learned that animals, multiple animals have multiple stomachs, right? And they, they eat something and they chew it and it goes into one chamber and then what's left comes up. And they chew on it some more and then it goes down into another chamber and they just keep chewing what we call politely probably the 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 cud right they're rolling what they've eaten over and over and over again in their mouths that process is called rumination and again here in psalm 1 that's that's not what the psalmist is talking about literally eating grass literally chewing on something over and over again but he does use that word To talk about human beings. Not just any human beings. Blessed human beings. There's a good practice here. There is good news here. There is a good habit here that can lead to a good. In fact, the life that God intended for us to have. If we will delight in His law and meditate, ruminate, chew on His law day by day. It's what I chew on mentally. It's my my thought digestion. It's, It's what we call in English our mindset because... You've eaten and you are eating and you will continue to eat as long as you live. And and number two, you eat where you dwell. 
Can you flip back over with me to Psalm 1 if you've turned away? Psalm 1, verse 1. The, the complete first verse where Israel's songbook begins on this note. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Do you know how he is progressively slowing down this hypothetically blessed man. And he's blessed because he, he doesn't do this. There are wicked people around. But he doesn't walk in their ways and their mindset. There are sinners around, but he's not going to stand with them. There are plenty of scoffers in the world, but he's not going to sit where they sit because he doesn't want to dwell where they dwell. Why? Because you eat where you dwell. Job, in chapter 17, verses 1 and 2 of the, the book that bears his name, as he's wrestling with, why did these things happen? But not just why did these things happen, but why are my friends saying the things that they are saying? I want you to notice the language in verse 1. He says, my spirit is broken, my days are extinct, the graveyard is ready for me. Surely there are mockers about me, Psalm 1 verse 1 sort of scenario, and my eye dwells on their provocation. Why? Because this is what I'm surrounded by right now. This is what my eyes have come to be fixed on. And if I'm not really, really careful, this is what I'm going to be feeding on. Why? Because you've eaten and are eating and continue to eat as long as you live and you eat where you well, again, we're not talking about grass or any sort of physical food. We're talking about our thought diet, our, our mental digestion, which is why the Holy Spirit of God leads Paul to write in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. True, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent. Think about these things. Chew on these things dwell on, dwell among these things. Why does that matter? Because you eat where you dwell. And number three, you are what you eat. Not just physically, but mentally, emotionally. 
spiritually. Go back with me where we started in, in Psalm 37. We understand this if we slow down long enough to think about the meaning of the words. We hear it all the time. We use it all the time. We'll talk about our Facebook feed, our Instagram feed, our news feed, our satellite feed. And, and I understand it's a two-way street. Th those things are feed in that something is being broadcasted, but it wouldn't be broadcasted if there weren't people feeding on it. You have, you are, and you will continue to eat as long as you live. You eat where you dwell and you are what you eat. Which is why in Psalm 37, the good shepherd is nudging us away from Fretting over evildoers. Three different times, beginning in verse 1, he says, fret not. Psalm 37, verse 1. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Verses 7 and 8. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Verse 8. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. Listen, this is a simple but very powerful idea. You're a feeder. And you feed where you dwell. And you do not feed in isolation. What you feed upon is what you gradually become. There is evil in the world. You can't snap your finger and make that go away. You can't isolate yourself from it entirely. You can't receive some sort of an inoculation from it. You live in a world full of evil. But here is the good shepherd of Psalm 37 nudging us. Not, not painting a rosy, unrealistic picture. There is evil and danger in the world. But let's not dwell there. Let's not feed all the time Right there. There are some things that come within your gaze that you simply cannot control. And you cannot unsee and you cannot unhear. But it doesn't mean you have to dwell there. Because you're going to eat where you dwell. And if this is what you eat day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year... Your physical doctor can tell you, well, if you eat like this day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, this is where that tends to end up. How much more so with our mental digestion. You dwell here, you eat here, this is your diet. It tends only to evil. Let's get away from that. Latter part of verse 1. 
The good shepherd nudges us away from. Don't, don't be envious of wrong doers. Sometimes it's going to look like those in the wrong are leading the good life. Don't believe it. There are people who are living in what looks like a beautiful oasis which will actually turn out to be a mirage. And in our highly photoshopped, highly curated, highly digitally altered age, you can make eating sand and building your life on sand look really, really, really good for a little while. But all that you're left with in the end is sand. Don't eat sand. Don't, don't build your life there. Recognize, regardless of what the outcome looks like right now, regardless of what looks to be good, regardless of what looks to be a blessing, wrong is wrong, period. Don't be envious of wrongdoers. And, and the, the good shepherd continues to nudge us in the beginning of verse 8. Refrain from anger. Psalm 37, verse 8. It's what the New Testament good shepherds try to help us understand in passages like Ephesians 4 verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Let me ask you, how many people do you know in November of 2023 who just feed on? I know some. I'm pretty confident you do too. Men and women who feed on. In Facebook feeds and Instagram feeds, and Twitter feeds, TikTok feeds, news feeds, satellite feeds. This is their diet, day after day after day after day. All sorts of bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander. The good shepherd says, listen, you, you've got to put that away along with all malice. Verse 26, he says, there's a time to be angry. Our Lord himself models that, but you've got to learn to be angry and not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Why does he tell us that? Because you shouldn't dwell on anger. Why? Because you are what you eat. And you will become more and more and more like what you feed upon. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. That, that's not where home ought to be. That's a guaranteed way to give the devil an opportunity. You are a feeder. You feed where you dwell. You are, you become what you feed upon. So, one more. The good shepherd nudges us away. Psalm 37 verse 8. Forsake Wrath. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. Refrain from anger. Forsake 
wrath. Paul in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 15 warns. Think of it from the standpoint of a feeder. If you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Some were then. Some continue to be spiritual vultures. If they're spiritual roadkill, that's where they're going to gather. That's where they're going to feed. That's what they're going to invite other people to feed upon. Right along with them. And you are what you eat. You act like a spiritual vulture, you're going to become a spiritual cannibal. Why? Because you're dwelling on bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, gossip, malice, whatever it is. The good shepherd is warning us, nudging us. You've got to forsake those things. Why? Because you are what you eat. Which is why the good shepherd of Psalm 37 invites us toward. Look at it there in verse 3. Psalm 37 verse 3. You can't make evil go away. But you can choose who to trust. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord who, as He revealed Himself to Moses in Exodus 34, is a God merciful and gracious. Which do you want to feed on this week? Bitterness and wrath or mercy and grace? You're going to eat where you dwell. And you will become more and more like what you feed upon. Our Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. He is, in the language of Psalm 119, verse 68, He is good. He does good. And so this is not complicated to understand. If that, I, I can't make all of the bad, all of the evil, all of the wickedness go away, but... I'm not going to dwell there. I don't want to eat that. I I want to eat what is good. And the more that I eat what is good, guess what's going to happen? I'm, I'm, I'm going to do good, which is the natural flow of Psalm 37 verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do Good. I want you to hear this loud and clear. God is not simply saying, well, it doesn't matter what you think about. It doesn't matter how you live. It doesn't matter where your mind is set. Just be a good boy or a good girl. That's not how the Creator reasons with His creation. He says, listen, you're a feeder. You're going to feed where you dwell. And you're gradually going to become what you feed upon. The Son of God built His analogy on that reality in Matthew 12, verse 33. You either make the tree good and its fruit good, or you make the tree bad and its fruit bad. The tree is known by its fruit. He calls some of the people of His own generation brood of vipers. How can you speak good when you are evil for out of the abundance of the heart 
What am I chewing on on the inside? What I'm chewing on is what's going to come out on the outside. The good person out of the good treasure brings forth good fruit. The evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. Which is why the good shepherd says, listen, not that over here. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Delight yourself. Verse 4, in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Some perhaps are tempted to read that and think, well, I have stumbled upon the genie in the lamp. If I just do this, then I'll get whatever it is that I want to get. Listen, keep reading. Because the way this psalm unfolds is, as I follow the lead of a good shepherd, as I feed where he's calling me to feed, my heart is going to desire the right things. Verse 16, better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. Verses 23 and 24, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. Verse 31, the law of his God is in his heart, and his steps do not slip. Verses 39 and 40, the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in Him. I, I take refuge in Him. I'm committed to Him. My, my way is committed to Him. Psalm 37 verse 5. What's that going to look like this week? If we together at the beginning of this week... Commit ourselves to the way of the Lord. What's that going to look like? Well, it's going to look a lot like a more familiar song. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me. Not here. Over here. Where I can be still and wait patiently for him. Verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Verse 27. One more time. Not over there. Turn away from that. Verse 34. Wait for the Lord and keep his way. Trust in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Be still before the Lord. Wait for the Lord, and keep His way, which is all just another way of saying, feed on faithfulness. Over the next 19 days, 
you live and you will feed. And you will feed where you dwell and you will become more like what you feed upon. Across from this morning's interactive outline, we've got just a basic exercise there. One beginning today through the day that our culture calls Thanksgiving. 19 days. And we've simply entitled that at the top. Today, I'm feeding on the faithfulness I noticed where. Could I encourage you to join me in over the course of the next 19 days? Let's not feed on what the rest of the world feeds upon. Let's not feed upon simply what some billionaire out of Silicon Valley is inviting us to feed upon. Let's feed on faithfulness. We've sung together this morning, Great is thy faithfulness. Where do you see it today? Will you remember to be on the lookout tomorrow? What will you feed upon Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? You're a feeder. You will feed where you dwell, and you will become more and more like what you feed upon. If you still have your Bibles open, if you would join me in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, there is good news undergirding all of this that we want to make sure you understand in a crystal clear way before we sing one more song together, inviting you to evaluate your relationship with the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 4, the Apostle Paul writes, I, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in Him in all speech and in all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ who will sustain you to the end guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the good news. First three words of verse 9. God is faithful. I'm not always. And neither are you. But God is. And that is the foundation of the good news. God is faithful. And his children looking to feed upon his faithfulness never find God letting us down, forgetting, being on a journey a long ways away, leaving us on our own. If your heart is to feed upon faithfulness, God is faithful. And even when you come face to face with the fact that 
you haven't always been faithful to him. This is the good news. God is faithful by whom you were called. Called by what? Called by the gospel. Called by the good news. Called into what? Into the fellowship of his son. Jesus Christ. The one who gave his life. Shed his blood. That you might be forgiven of your sins. You, unfaithful, I, unfaithful, can be a part of His fellowship. Listen, if we will acknowledge Him as Lord. Have you been living as if you are the Lord of your own life? What have you been feeding upon? Really, how are you doing this morning? And understand that even as 1 Corinthians 1 reminds us, the Lord is coming again. And you will be on that day what you have fed upon. You will be what you have been a part of. And if you're ready to leave sin and ugliness and evil and wickedness and selfishness behind and you're ready to begin feeding on faithfulness god is faithful this invitation is for you if in any way we can help you in responding to him would you let us know how we can help you by coming to the front while we stand and sing together